0: This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. China announced a plan to end mandatory quarantine for inbound travellers, beginning on January the 8th, as part of an official downgrade of its level of response to the COVID-19 pandemic. China's president... Xi Jinping earlier said that more targeted patriotic health campaigns are needed during the latest phase. The country's hospitals are reportedly becoming overwhelmed after the abrupt ending of many restrictions. Taiwan's defence minister said China sent 71 warplanes and seven naval vessels on strike drills, rehearsals for conflict, into its air defence zone on Sunday. China had condemned an American spending bill that included military assistance for Taiwan, accusing both countries of escalating their, quote, collusion and provocation. Tensions have been especially high since Nancy Pelosi, the speaker of America's House of Representatives, visited the island in August. A Ukrainian drone attacked an airbase deep within Russia, reportedly killing three people. Although the drone was shot down, its debris proved fatal. The Angles' base lies 500 kilometres from the Russia-Ukraine border and is used to launch missiles. Kremlin forces, meanwhile, fired 40 rockets at Ukrainian cities on Christmas Day, despite Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, saying he was ready to negotiate peace. At least 55 people have died in weather-related incidents after one of the most powerful blizzards to hit America in decades sent chills down the East Coast. More than 17,000 flights have been cancelled since Wednesday, in the latest blow to the airline industry. Meanwhile, Bloomberg reported that production of natural gas is around 10% below average, as wells and pipes freeze over. South Korea scrambled warplanes and fired warning shots after unmanned drones flown from North Korea violated its airspace. South Korea spotted the aerial vehicles crossing the military demarcation line separating the two countries on Monday morning. The last time a North Korean drone was discovered in the South was in 2017, but 2022 has been a record year for missile testing by the North. Benjamin Netanyahu, whose right-wing coalition won a clear majority in Israel's election last month, called a parliamentary vote on its new government for Thursday, December the 29th. The vote would end weeks of political wrangling between his coalition partners. The bloc will be the most right-wing government in the country's history and could further raise tensions in the West Bank. Toyota produced 833,104 vehicles in November, a record for the month, with global production at the Japanese carmaker 1.5% higher than in November last year. Although the supply chain crunch of car parts caused by the pandemic has eased somewhat, the rising cost of materials, COVID, in China and a shortage of semiconductors is still restraining production. And fact of the day, $3 trillion, the collective market value lost by America's five tech giants in 2022.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 2023 in preview. Trump and Biden both want to run again. This week, we are looking ahead to next year's big stories. Today, what will be shaping the Americas? America is about to witness an exciting new political era, or a bludgeoning grudge match that almost nobody wants. Which it will be will depend on what happens to Donald Trump. Will he prevail over Republican primary opponents to meet Joe Biden in a rematch in 2024? Or will younger rivals defeat one or both of the aging antagonists to secure their party's presidential nomination? Mr. Trump's narcissism remains the black hole around which American politics revolves, but Ron DeSantis, Florida's governor, has emerged as a Republican powerhouse. His counterpart in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, and Mike Pence, the former vice president, are also attracting attention. Mr. Biden, meanwhile, will probably announce a bid for re-election, despite his age and low approval ratings. Democratic governors like California's Gavin Newsom and Michigan's Gretchen Whitmer could still mount a challenge, and if Mr. Biden is wise enough to step back, administration officials like Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg will compete. Americans fear for the health of their democracy, but if each party has a new generation of leaders jockeying for position, voters could see an inspiring demonstration of its vitality. 2023, in preview, America's economy is set for a downturn, not a crisis. Start with the bad news. America is heading for a recession. Over the past half-century, whenever inflation has reached an annual rate of more than 5%, a downturn has been needed to suppress it. But unemployment is exceptionally low, which means that the coming recession could be relatively mild, and the picture for the economy will change markedly over the year. Disinflation will eventually take hold. By the end of 2023, talk will turn to when the Federal Reserve might start cutting interest rates. Meanwhile, the government will have its hands full implementing the giant investment programs signed into law in recent months for semiconductors, electric vehicles, renewable energy, and more. This is a bold plunge into industrial policy. The Biden administration is already running into trouble as allies from Europe and Asia accuse it of protectionism. It will have an even harder time hitting its targets without squandering billions of dollars. 2023 In Preview – An End to the War on Drugs in Latin America The relationship between Latin America and the superpower to the North has never been easy. In 2023, as recently elected leftist leaders begin to implement their policies, tensions could mount over perennial questions of security and migration, especially over the, quote, war on drugs launched by President Richard Nixon in 1971. Ideas about liberalizing cocaine are gaining traction in Colombia. The country's first leftist president, Gustavo Petro, has advocated negotiating with gangs, protecting poor farmers who plant coca, and regulating cocaine consumption for medical use. Even a small experiment in decriminalizing the drug's production there could have huge implications for America's prohibition model. Colombia produces 60% of the world's supply of cocaine, and North America is the largest consumer. The Mexican government, meanwhile, has made it hard for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration to operate, according to a former American official. Five decades after Nixon launched his war, Latin America is listening to its northern neighbor less than ever. 2023 in preview. Lula's return will be difficult. After four disastrous years under Jair Bolsonaro, Brazil will have a new president in 2023, Luiz Ignacio Lula da Silva, a leftist who held the job between 2003 and 2010. Lula wants to fight climate change, restore legitimacy to Brazil's embattled institutions, and pursue left-wing economic and social agendas. But he faces a polarized population and a tough economy. Bolsonarismo will remain a powerful force, probably far beyond 2023. To carry out his plans to help the poor, Lula must secure the support of Congress, which means doling out pork and patronage. At the same time, he must assure markets that he is not planning a spending spree. Otherwise, interest rates will shoot up and the currency will suffer. To decrease deforestation rates, he needs to restore federal protection agencies decimated by Mr. Bolsonaro. He must also secure more investment from international funders to transform Brazil's green economy from a dream into reality. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 Hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Tuesday. Who is currently chief executive of the BlackRock Fund Management Group? Monday. Which of the 50 U.S. states is sometimes known as the Copper State? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Benazir Bhutto, who was assassinated on this day in 2007. Democracy is necessary to peace and to undermining the forces of terrorism. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app.